Welcome to Easier Movement, Happier Dogs. This is the podcast where you'll learn how you and your dog can feel better at any age. You'll learn how to reduce the effects of aging, arthritis, injury, and even anxiety so you and your dog can feel younger and lead happier, healthier, more active lives. I'm Mary DeBono, best-selling author and international teacher, and I'm so happy you're here. Now let's dive into the episode. Hello. How would you like to know exactly how to best help your dog? So whether your dog is, you know, in his or her golden years, maybe has some arthritis or some other conditions that affect mobility, maybe your dog is recovering from an injury, maybe your dog has something like hip dysplasia or or any number of things, or maybe your dog is just really anxious and you want to know how best to help them. Well, today I'd like to share this little episode with you so that you learn how to develop something I call informed intuition. Now, I first heard that term informed intuition in reference to the Feldenkrais method, which is a method that I practice. I'm a Feldenkrais practitioner and my animal work is based on the Feldenkrais method. It was developed for people by a man named Dr. Moshe Feldenkrais, and he used that term. And my understanding of the term and the way I use it is it's like an intuition. In other words, you, the information flows through you in a way, but it's based on knowledge. Okay? It's based on an understanding of the subject, whatever the subject happens to be. In this case, we want to help our dogs. So it's, it's learning how to read our dogs more carefully, how to understand, in my case, the hands-on work that I do right? And what I teach. So in that, we're going to talk about it in that context. In so I'll, I'll explain it this way. If you think back to, like, maybe you drive a car now and maybe you've been driving like myself. I've been driving for decades, right? Many decades. And it's driving a car is so natural to me. But when I was first learning, even like having the radio on, was a distraction because I had to really pay attention to every little thing I was doing. And the same is true a little bit when I, because I learned to drive with an automatic car and then it was a number of years later, I'd learned to drive a stick and I drove a stick for quite a while. But in the very beginning, when I was learning to drive a stick, you know, I had to pay more attention, of course, okay, to get that coordination down. And then it became second nature. So you can think of informed intuition, something like that, that it's like you pay attention to small details and you consciously pay attention to these details at first. And you really learn what to do when you notice each detail. And we'll talk about what the details are. And you understand and you develop a skill. And this could apply to any kind of skill. And then what happens when you get that certain level Maybe some people call this like, I think you can call this unconscious competence where you're, it's just so natural. It just, the execution of that skill just happens effortlessly. So you can approach working with your dog in the same way. At first, it's going to be something that it's really, really vital that you consciously pay attention to all these different things. And then little by little, your brain will process them unconsciously. And it's like you'll be guided by that. That's why the term informed intuition, I think, is pretty accurate. 
because it almost like feels, it feels intuitive. But what's really happening in my understanding is that you're processing the sensory information that's coming through, whether through your visual fields, you're listening to things, you're definitely feeling a lot. You just all these different ways you're processing that, but it doesn't have to be so, so conscious. Now that doesn't mean, for example, when I'm working that I'm not also making conscious decisions about what I'm going to do next and how I'm going to modify what I'm doing. Of course I do. And I would encourage you to as well. But there's also this additional layer of this more unconscious processing that's happening that I would really, really encourage you to think about developing because you can just start to read your dog better, you know, and you may see a dog down, you know, on the street as you're walking and you'll be more tuned in to how that dog is feeling. Is that dog fearful? Does that dog seem that, you know, she feels threatened and might be aggressive or what, what have you, you know, so you'll get better at reading all dogs, which is a good thing. You may get better at reading people too. Okay. Cause you start to develop this sensory acuity. You start to notice these different changes. So, so some of these changes can be something like, um, really paying attention to your dog's posture. Okay. So if your dog is standing, you know, noticing how they stand, are they, you know, how are the, the legs oriented? You know, do they always have one foot in front or the, how are they held? Are they closer together, wider apart or the elbows out or the elbows in? I mean, all these little nuances. And it's not that you want to be, um, compulsive about that and, and, and start to worry. This isn't about worrying. It's about just neutrally observing. Okay. Just being curious, neutrally observing. Cause a lot of times it doesn't really mean anything significant. It's you're seeing if there's a pattern. Okay. And noticing if things change over time. So you also want to notice, you know, how your dog is holding her tail. Is the tail up and kind of over the back? Is it out like a flag? And of course, every, you know, dogs have different types of tails held naturally in different ways, but you start to notice changes. Is it a little bit lower? Is it tucked? Certainly we would know how we would recognize if a dog has a really tucked tail, right? They're probably feeling really threatened. They're really stressed, but start to notice the small changes. The tonus of the tail, for example, that can change quite a bit. I've worked with dogs that have that um, dead tail, some people call it, and we've helped them recover from that. A lot of times dogs do recover spontaneously from that as well. And they can get that. There's many different reasons to get that. One of them is like overextension if they haven't been warmed up and they kind of overarch or overextend their back. A lot of dogs that do like jumping into water, things like that will sometimes get it. So I'm off on a tangent there. So don't worry about that, but, but just start to get used to the, the tonus, how your dog's tail feels. So meaning like how the, the musculature feels around the tail. So start to pay attention in my book. I talk about this in the very beginning, cause it's so crucial is to take the time and run your hands and do like a body scan with your dog. And you're feeling any changes in temperature, any changes in muscle development, does this shoulder feel the same as this shoulder? Does this hind leg feel like this hind leg? And you could pick up things way before they become they become a problem if the dog is headed to that potentially. So these are all things that 
over time just become unconscious. Again, that informed intuition. Then more subtle things are like, for example, the way your dog holds his mouth. So you really start to pay attention to how your dog's mouth is when your dog is relaxed. Now, there's different ways they're going to hold the, the mouth. Sometimes the mouth will be closed and relaxed. Other times the mouth will be open and relaxed. Maybe your dog is hot and he's panting to let off some, release some heat. So there's many different ways and the tongue could be out or whatever. So there's all, all different ways, but pay attention to especially how they hold the corners of the lips, what they call the commissures of the mouth. See dogs that are feeling stressed or threatened in any way, they often, and again, this is a general rule, so, so you have to look at the whole context, but the, the commissures, the corners of the lips will be kind of brought back in like a V. So this isn't a snarl or anything like that. The mouth is closed usually, although it can be open too, but the lips are drawn back in a V, okay? So notice that. Again, mouth open or closed, but start to notice how the corners of the lips are. So oftentimes the dogs that have the lips drawn back in that kind of V shape, they're often feeling stressed, threatened, and if there's aggression, it's going to be defensive aggression. They feel pushed to be aggressive, okay? Like to try to get out of a situation. So this is important. Now you might think my dog is never aggressive, but this is for your benefit to learn when your dog is feeling uncomfortable, okay? Because it's these little signs that, for example, when I'm working with a dog that I'm constantly processing, I'm constantly processing these little things. Again, many times this processing is happening unconsciously, but I adjust what I do. I may back up, you know, back up with my upper body a little bit to take pressure off the dog. And I don't mean physical pressure. I mean that kind of invisible pressure that like looking at a dog or leaning towards a dog can, can bring about. So it's this stuff that whether this is your dog or not is still important. Getting back to the commissures of the mouth, if they're brought forward more like in a C shape, that dog is usually feeling potentially aggressive, but in more in an offensive way. So they may be more confident of this potential aggression. So, but again, start to, to really pay attention to your dog's mouth. Maybe make that your kind of like your homework for the week and notice that maybe take photos or videos and, uh, and certainly feel free to discuss it. And we have a free Facebook group. I'll link to it in the show notes, but it's on Facebook, of course. And it's dedicated to dogs and it's all about dogs' health and vitality and they're humans. So it's a a win-win. You feel better and your dog feels better. That's kind of my whole thing. So pay attention to this kind of stuff. And what, again, I want to emphasize that when you take the time to develop this awareness, to start to notice little things with your dog, then as you learn the work, Now, whether you've gotten my book, Grow Young With Your Dog, or you've gotten the free video masterclass, which is marydebono.com forward slash dog, you can get that. It's three free videos. And within those, I think it's the second video, you'll actually learn a very, very valuable hands-on approach. So whether you're doing that, you can start to gauge your dog's responses when they're small. 
Because that's when we want to, to modify what we're doing is when the responses are small, when they're kind of like under that threshold. You don't want to wait till the dog is uncomfortable in any way. And this also works for positive, for feeling, noticing the positive responses with your dog to know when you're on the right track. So that's a big way that I help guide my work and know what to do is I'm constantly reading the dog. And to give you an example of how important this whole idea of noticing the dog's responses, how important it is, there was a dog I worked with years ago. And actually, I've done this with a number of dogs, but this the one I talk about in my book, her name was Blossom. She was so shy when I first met her. She was super shy. She was a rescue. She had been adopted uh, by a lovely, lovely woman who was very knowledgeable about dogs. And she was really a cool dog. But in the beginning, my first session, I remember, I literally had to work with her with my back towards her. So she did lie down on the mat in my office, but the only way she w- she could be comfortable is if I literally had my entire back to her. So what I started to do was she's lying on the bat on a mat behind me. Her person is there with her, and I used my hands behind my back, literally, and I started to to touch her in such a way that brought her a sense of relief. And I remember exactly what I was doing with her. I remember I was doing what I call spinal coaxing, where I'm just very gently lifting the tissue adjacent to the spine and giving her a sense of uh, such immediate relief. And what ended up happening was she started to, because she wasn't feeling threatened because it was my back to her, she started to relax more and more. And she allowed this sensation of relief to, to grow larger. And her breathing started to deepen and I could feel, you know, I could feel through my hands, you know, how she was changing and how her tissue was getting softer and, you know, how her breathing was changing. And little by little, I could gradually turn and eventually have my side to her and then eventually face her. And what was really neat was within a short period of time, you know, within a few sessions, whatever it was she would just come into my office and flop down on the mat and she was perfectly comfortable, perfectly comfortable. But it was those small things like I had to pay attention to because if I tried to force her to lie there, she would never be comfortable. She wouldn't get the benefit of the work I'm doing, right? It's all about creating this connection and helping her rediscover healthier movement. So that wouldn't have happened. That would just have been some uh, pretty almost like violent, if you will, because if I'd have to hold her, you know, manual technique, and that's not what I do. It's really so much about this connection. And to to create a connection with your dog really requires you to pay attention to what they're telling you. So you always want to think about having a conversation with your dog, right? And it's a nonverbal, I mean, you could talk out loud, that's fine, right? And dogs do understand a lot of our language because we teach them, you know, different cues and things like that. But it's that nonverbal language that they're, they're talking to us with, right? So you really start to pay attention to that. You'll get really good at this. You'll get so good at this and you'll, you'll develop what I call this informed intuition. And it won't, only benefit you when you're doing, say, the hands-on work that I teach, but it can benefit you in so many ways with your dog. 
so many ways because you'll just start to pick things up, you know, like, like, you know, and very intuitively. So it's just like this effortless kind of unconscious processing. So you'll develop this, I guess you can think of it as competence in this, in, in your communication with your dog. And we're always learning. I just want to put that out there. I'm constantly learning. I mean, I hope I'm going to learn for the rest of my life and keep improving my abilities to communicate and to listen to others. But that's a really big one is this idea of paying attention and developing this skill that I call informed intuition. So it's a little shorty episode for today, um, but I I hope you play with that. So just pick even just one thing. So you can just pick maybe paying attention to your dog's mouth this week. Start to notice all the different ways your dog holds the mouth and pay attention. Maybe take photos, maybe take little short videos, whatever you want to do. Feel free to post it in our free Facebook group. So make sure you join. Um, and you do have to answer the membership questions. Otherwise, you know, that that's how it works. You have to say you agree to the rules or whatever. So please, please let me know if you have any questions. And um, yeah, so I'm excited to to go on this journey with you and help you develop this skill of informed intuition so you can best help your dog and live the happiest, healthy lives for both of you. Thanks so much for being here. I so appreciate you listening to the podcast and I can't wait to talk to you again. Bye for now. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Easier Movement, Happier Dogs. Now, have you grabbed your free canine masterclass yet? It's a series of videos that can help you and your dog have greater mobility and vitality. All you have to do is go to marydebono.com forward slash dog. That's marydebono.com forward slash dog. Thank you again for being here. I can't wait to talk to you again. Bye for now.